0: so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam Show. Let's go. Turn it up, dirty up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. up, turn up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. up, turn up. It's the Pancake, Pancake and Power Slam Show. Uh. Power Slam. show. Uh. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. up, turn up.
1: It's
0: the Pancake and Power Slam. up, It's the Pancake and Power Slam Show. Uh it up.
1: Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your host and feel the power. Yes, I did it. It is a new day, ladies and gentlemen, and this is Pancakes and Power Slams, episode 165. As you can already tell, I, I sound uh, not as um, <clears throat> Chris Featherstone as normal. I've been quite under weather the past few days, but I tell you what. That doesn't stop me from giving you what you want, because I'm here for the people, because it's people power, and having a uh, sore throat and a a very weak uh, immune system the past few days, that is not going to stop me from having an amazing Pancakes and Power Slams broadcast, episode 165, and... I think it was like a week after I had back surgery, like full on, had to be off work for six months back, uh, five months back surgery. So if that's not going to stop me from having a amazing show as always, man, being under the weather is not going to allow, it's not going to stop me at all. So I'm here and we're going to have a good time. And hopefully, I have, I have literally in studio, I have I have a, a um, to my right, I have a, a cup of hot tea with all the fixings in it. And so we're going to have some fun for the next 90 minutes. And as my boy Derek says, 90 minutes is never enough. Uh, we'll be joined by Derek here soon. He's going to take over. I'll still be on the show, but he's going to take the reins for today. <clears throat> but in the meantime... I'm going to dedicate this evening to tag team wrestling uh, and old school wrestling, but I was thinking about just the show this week. We were supposed to have um, the uh, Curtis uh, <coughs> the Cat Hughes, but uh, I'm not feeling well, and so uh, we have to reschedule that for a <coughs> another day. But I tell you what, <coughs> uh, when we when I Figure that out, and this weekend, and just figure out that having a, having an interview is just not the best thing to do today at all. Uh, speaking of that, I do have an announcement about a, a upcoming interview uh, in the beginning of June. It's going to be really, really, really interesting, but um, uh, and we'll, we'll announce that. But since the Elimination Chamber is this Sunday, and since we're going to have the first ever Tag Team uh, Elimination Chamber match. This is going to, this is the first ever in over three years on the show, the first ever name that Tag Team Trivia Night. I mean, and mean, everybody knows the, the thousands of people who listen to Pancakes and Power Slams every week or subscribe through iTunes. They know that Chris Featherstone and Trivia goes together like, steak and potatoes just I love trivia and I really love pro wrestling trivia and I got to thinking I was like you know what first ever elimination chamber tag team match how about this the first ever name that tag team trivia night so throughout the whole show I'm going to either tell you the 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 duo So I'm either going to tell you the two people Or I'm going to tell you the tag team name So if I tell you the tag team name You're going to let me know The people who are in it If I tell you the two people You're going to let me know the tag team name So uh, that sounds like fun I um I I hope that Um I I hope that we're Having some fun here Uh so yeah, I'm really really excited about about this. So um let's start off with this. The first um the the, the first uh um name is going to be this. The first the first name, so you got to give me the team. The name is the Miracle Violence Connection. Not even <clears throat> Not even an icebreaker this time. I'm going to hit you hard from the very first, the very first trivia question is the Miracle Violence Connection. Actually, one of my favorite tag teams in the 90s. Um, I'm not going to give too much away, but I think think that the pairing of these two people was absolutely an amazing idea, and I really wish that they had an opportunity to be with each other a lot longer. But uh, one of the two people in the Miracle Violence Connection uh, is definitely one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. I would put him in the top ten for sure. Um, so yeah, Miracle Violence Connection. That's the that's the first the first one. <laughs> oh man, this is why I love the We Are Wrestling <clears throat> live chat room. I love. I love communicating with wrestling extremists, with wrestling purists, with wrestling uh, uh, extraordinaires, gurus, uh, connoisseurs, whatever you want to call them. I absolutely love it because <clears throat> with with within seconds, I already got two correct answers, Steve Williams and Terry Gordy. Another one said Dr. Def and Bam Bam. <laughs> there you go there's that that compliments each other cuz that's their that's their uh, nicknames <clears throat> so yeah good stuff i remember the uh the battle of the bam bams between terry gordy and bam bam Bigelow at ecw that was a fantastic match <clears throat> a lot of uh hype with it and uh yeah just just stuff like that is just amazing but yeah i've always i mean dr Def steve williams there's the, uh, i think i said this on the show about a week or two ago There's something about Dr. Def Steve Williams to me when I was a kid that I just wanted to emulate, just the the Oklahoma shuffle, the Oklahoma stampede, and just, he was just a big, sick guy that really just, he exuded a main event superstar to me. I understand the varsity club and just put himself in, in different factions and his Oklahoma affiliation, but... You know, teaming up with Bam Bam Gordy in the 90s and having their very successful Japan run uh, was just absolutely amazing to me. And just, uh, uh, he didn't really do, his his individual tenures in WCW and WWE just really didn't do him justice. Because there's so much about Dr. Def Steve Williams that could have been much better. This could have been pushed so much higher. I think he was a top guy. And thankfully, Bill, Bill Watt saw that because he was a top guy in the Universal Wrestling Federation. actually ended up being one of the... Um, <clears throat> he was actually one of the um, last uh, champions in UWF. And so, yeah, I, I definitely think he was a top guy for... For, for, absolutely. I mean, without without question. So uh, yeah, big Doctor Death fan. <clears throat> Next trivia question. And again, please excuse, I'm not feeling well at all. So if the if this is this is definitely not the Chris Featherstone that our Pancakes and Power Slams listeners are are used to hearing, but I will not let me feeling not me not feeling well stop me from having a fantastic show. I appreciate your patience. I appreciate just all your love and support and we're going to talk. We're going to have some fun. But I tell you what, I was watching uh I've been watching a lot of CWA lately. And I remember Lance Russell. I remember him I remember Lance Russell in his Memphis days. And I remember Lance Ruff, Russell uh briefly in WCW but I tell you what, I've been watching hours of the Continental Wrestling Association tape. Uh I've actually been watching on YouTube. Just some old school programs uh from the CWA and man, I don't remember watching CWA uh in detail in detail. I remember Watching a little bit of it, you know, I was, somehow I got access to it years ago, but I've been watching it a lot recently. The past couple of months, uh, probably the past, probably very strongly, the past month or so, and oh, absolutely amazing stuff! I mean, just all the names that you can think about. Back in, I think it was '88, was the first episode. I saw some earlier ones, but. The first episodes that I start following just weekly was uh, dated all the way back in 88. So at that point in time, Tracy Smothers was uh, a rookie in the game. He's been there. he was uh, been in wrestling for less than five years. Jeff Jarrett was a rookie in the game. Uh, Scott Steiner, he was a tag team champion for a little bit. Um, You had Jeff Jarrett feuding with... um, with uh, robert uh fuller and in uh dirty Dutch mantell of course we know zeb Coulter he was feuding with uh with uh with uh, superstar bill Dundee. <clears throat> and just just really really cool stuff uh of course robert fuller we know him as colonel rob parker who uh, who managed uh, uh you name it uh Bunkhouse Buck, which was Jimmy Golden, which was his CWA tag team champion partner in the stud stable. Uh and then you had um who else was in uh, in CWA that was big? Uh PY Chuhai, High, which was uh, Phil Hickerson. Uh you had uh Action Jackson, that's when, that's the first time I remember seeing him, Action Jackson. Um which uh ended up being in GWF uh with uh the, the Blackbirds with with uh with uh, my boy uh, Iceman King Parsons. So, you had a really really good awesome assortment of names um in the CWA. I'm trying to figure out who else was uh really big in um <clears throat> uh, Window uh, Cooley. Um uh, he, he was probably CWA was really the only place that he was really big. Um, you had Adrian Street was another name that was uh really big in CWA. You had um uh Garvin, not Jimmy Garvin, but I uh, <clears throat> uh, he had he had a Garvin, I, I don't remember his first name. Um <clears throat> but he was uh he he played the, the Jimmy Garvin type of character. I believe that uh Billy Travis, good job, man. Absolutely, yep. He he, because Billy Travis had the uh, he had the overalls on, and he had, and he was he's he to keep his chickens um, <laughs> in the desk with uh, with Lance Russell, uh, and it was very very interesting. And and it, it, it was yeah, Texas Jack was in CWA as well, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it, it was just it was just really interesting to me how Scott Steiner. Would have that type of uh, of partner. I mean, you know, you had. I mean, Scott Stoddard wasn't as nearly as buff as he was in the late '90s, but he was still a you know he was still a fit guy, very fit guy, and you know, <laughs> Billy Travis was uh, not so much. He was uh, he looked like a lost member of of uh, the Hillbilly Jim and Uncle Elmer Club. And uh, he was uh, really the Bruce Brothers. Yep, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, Billy Travis was uh, not the <clears> – <throat> it was a very odd pairing with him and Steiner. I remember they beat uh, uh, Golden and uh, they beat Jimmy Golden and uh, Robert Fuller, the stud stable. And they only had it for like a week. <laughs> and uh, the stud stable got it back like the, the next week uh we it was like a week or two um but yeah very very interesting stuff uh, i really uh, enjoyed uh and i'm really really enjoying um just my time watching CWA it was really cool and then Lance Russell I th- he was i think he was like um uh, he he was in the 60s if i'm not mis- not mistaken uh at that time he was in the 60s <clears throat> and Billy Travis um Uh, I'm thinking of something, I'm thinking of another person. I know Billy Travis was more, uh, he reminded me of, he was in shape for a little bit, and then he kind of got out of shape a little bit. Uh, But, yeah, I'm trying to figure out, (laughs) I'm sorry about that. Um, But, yeah, I'm trying to figure out um, Scott Steiner's other partner's name. Yeah, it was. I think it was Billy Travis. I think I think Billy Travis is the person that I'm thinking of, um, and was not very. Uh, he he wasn't he wasn't very because I know he started teaming with Jarrett in like the 80s, and like 87 or so, um, and then he started uh, teaming with um, Mark Starr, I believe, too, for for a while. Um, but I'm thinking of. I think uh, I think it was Billy Travis. I'm not quite sure. But it was some person that Steiner was teaming up with in CWA that's um uh Grundy, that's what it was. It was Grundy, yeah. Jed Grundy, that's what that's what I was thinking about. Jed Grundy um was the very he is, he looked like the a lost member of the uh the Godwins. And Grundy would uh <clears throat> would bring his chickens over to the, uh, the 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 podium with, with with Lance Russell, and yeah, it was very very interesting tandem there. Now, Billy Travis and Scott Steiner, I mean they were they were champs twice, and they you know they look they look decent. I mean, they look like a decent tag team, but but Grundy and Steiner <laughs> that just didn't make any sense at all. It was really very interesting. So. Uh, primetime Brian Lee. Well, he was Brian Lee at the time, but uh, he was a lot. Uh, <clears throat> he he wasn't as uh, as big as he became, uh, as far as stature wise. And I remember, I think I watched this a day or two ago. I remember um, <clears throat> when when uh, Dundee, <clears throat> not Dundee, but uh, Mantell, when Mantell brought out a guy called. The the uh, master of pain, I believe that's what his name was. The the master of pain, and yeah, and and we all know him to be the Undertaker. And yeah, it was very interesting to see him wrestle because I remember seeing him wrestle as the Punisher, him wrestle him wrestling Austin in the eighties. But when he came out, uh, when 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 uh, Dutch Mantell brought him out as the uh, the master of pain, it was a, a very very interesting. <laughs> he wasn't as he didn't look as big. He was still you know had an intimidating stature, but he definitely wasn't the Undertaker big like we like we you know saw over the years. But it was very interesting seeing him. He was a lot. <clears throat> he was uh, still nimble. He was still agile. Um. He had a bunch of big legs and <laughs> and leg drops and it was really interesting. So yeah, I I you know, I would I would suggest to anyone just uh if you have some spare time, you know spend some time, you know, uh, just kind of exploring the CWA and uh having some fun with that. We'll talk more about the CWA and the flavor of the week uh topic uh down the line. But yeah. You know, I was just uh, the past. You know, especially probably about a month, but especially the past few weeks, I've been really, really getting into CWA. So it's a lot of fun. <clears throat> before we get into Raw, before I allow Derek to take over, the next name that tag team. Okay, so the East-West connection. The East-West connection. Alright, while you thinking about that, we'll be back with throw. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three. Oh
0: my. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear We've taken this year You know who we are But you don't know why we here So this is where the big boys play These big boys play Like who defies the living God Get out the big boys' way Outsiders with the swoop in We live as kings You see in us But our third man waits in the wings And when the time is right We shock him with the proper attack I go for dolo but ain't solo Cut the promo in black Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them to the and I'm Dash Wundercan, with the strength of a hundred men. with one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you wrap out your gas and your rag's torture, white coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith, you in our space. You can all skate, suffer, but never cripple, no bin walls in my cross face. <laughs> From here to Saturn, they raving, anticipating I was frostbit, now I am glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals, using God for my defense in Alabama. We damn, and that's beautiful. Bobby Eaton, me and Priest, we the dangerous alliance. Nah, the so Harlem Heat tie the do rag before we do battle. You're talking sheep, you all what you speak. This too, Dylan we- is now where took back. We wrapping that work pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaken, Yeah, we shook that. Trusting God, we trust. Pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness. Some people mistook that. Stampin' out this crook rap. He's in the power. We're on, on the razor's edge. Leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful. The owners in our group too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is true too, We playing the war game. Our army go move too, youth crew, I'm in the Baptist with a bat in my hand and stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. And the grand scheme is that easy. We tag team and sign the brothers. We love it. Demand the win. Establish it. Fit the clash to the champions. <laughs> this is
1: where the big boys play, huh?
0: We ain't here to play.
2: I know I'm not here to play. I know uh, Chris Featherstone's not here to play. But we're here to enjoy. Have more trivia. We're going to have an awesome time. I'm going to take it for a bit. I'm Derek, of course, the uh Pancakes and Power Slams co host. And we're just going to keep on rolling. Of course, we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw tonight. And Raw started off with a nice memorial. was Memorial Day to uh, remember the veterans. So that uh, was a great uh, 10 bell salute, very nice and respectful. Uh, what you expect from WWE nowadays. And uh, that's the way it should be. Every sports, which they all do, give their respects, pay their dues to the uh, veterans and uh, current active people in the Army and uh, any of the armed forces. You love him. Thank you so much for your service. After that, we have the authority come down. I would just, The authority starts out Monday Night Raw. It's such a genius idea that we haven't seen before. And uh, the coming in, you have this thing going back and forth with uh, Rollins. Everyone's chanting, he's sold out. You know, same old thing every week. They talk about Dean uh, Ambrose and seeing what's going on with Ambrose right now. And, of course, his music hits. He comes down. I, what I want to hit on right now is Ambrose being in the picture for the main of the title, I'm okay with that. It's good to still kind of help mold his character. And it was just a couple months ago when like he was uh, in the uh, Intercontinental Championship, and, uh, but now he's just pushed into the world title. And let's remind everybody that Roman Reigns hasn't won the title yet. So uh, Dean Ambrose isn't too far out of his league as far as I'm concerned. And with that being said, of course, Rollins has it. He got it in a devious kind of way, but I, it's kind of what I expected, how they kind of brought the three back together. I didn't uh, really to see that come a few months ago, but it's, it's a surprise. They work well with each other, so I think it's really going to be an excellent uh, time for the three of them to mix it up. But, um, Ambrose, they get in the melee, and they have a Justin Bieber chance going on. And uh, it's, <laughs> it wouldn't be that bad to be Bieber. And I beg to differ from that. Uh, then a few more words, ringside chance, Roman Reigns, of course, he comes down. Uh, then uh, she wants Kane to announce the match, Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose. I'm sorry, Dean Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns versus Kane and Seth Rollins. So, that's a typical match you would almost be on Monday Night Raw. So yesterday, the Raw started off fine. I mean, again, I like to see the three of the Shield together because it was, what, a year ago now that uh, they were, this is when they first split, if I'm correct. So uh we've got uh good momentum going, even though they're on opposing sides. You see a nice friendship between Ambrose and Reigns, they've really got no reason to be mad at each other. But again it's it's uh, almost a level playing field, I believe, and it's it's really nice common ground. They've got to fill in some time, make some great storylines until they bring back Lesnar, obviously, but uh enjoy while like you can and hopefully it uh it can stick and things are going well. What do you think about the opening last
1: night? I think it was <clears throat> Um, I think it was good, actually. I'm, I'm going to tell you why I think it's, it was good. I think it was good because I really like how they're evolving Roman Reigns. Um, at first, you had you know after, and I'm going to say from, I'm going to say from Fast Lane on. Uh, fast Lane was a really kind of a coming of age match with Roman Reigns when he went against Daniel Bryan. It was a fantastic match. And and then, you know, it comes from a coming-of-age match to more of a rite-of-passage match with, with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, which to me was the match of the night. It was a fantastic match. I've watched it multiple times, and it was an awesome, awesome match. And just the the, the smart crowds are booing Roman Reigns a lot less, <clears throat> as we even saw yesterday, even with a smarky you know, Long Island crowd um, <clears throat> booing Roman, Roman Reigns less. And, I, and I'm going to tell you why I like what they're doing. I think that the WWE <clears throat> is doing a very good job with riding in Roman Reigns because he's not forced. He's not just overtly a top guy. He's not. He's not even in the title picture at all now. Uh, it looks like he won't even have a match at Elimination Chamber, which is good, um, because it makes us want more of Roman Reigns. It makes us, it, it leaves that element of surprise, which we didn't get a lot with Roman Reigns. That's why a lot of people didn't like him. And I kept telling people to be patient, and <clears throat> I keep telling people to be patient, and we're seeing it. Now Roman Reigns are get, is getting pops because he's kind of being the, the, the bodyguard so to speak of, of Dean Ambrose and Dean Ambrose nobody dislikes Dean Ambrose. And aligning Roman Reigns as kinda like a kind of like, a, <clears throat> kind of like a, a a a muscle, so to speak, of of Dean Ambrose is very, very, very good booking because you get those pops for aligning yourself with Dean Ambrose all the while you start People are starting to like you. Start. People are starting to respect you. You're starting to get your mic work better. And I really, really like what they're doing. I like I like what they're doing as far as riding him right now. He's not too much. We, we don't see too much of Roman Reigns. He's not too much in our face like people didn't like him in the beginning. But he's kind of laying in the shadows right now, which he should be. All the while, still making some type of presence known, but not too much where people would just dislike him. And so I, I was, all, I'm all for it. I think it's a great way to write in Roman Reigns, aligning himself with Ambrose at this point.
2: I mean, it's just, it's great. We haven't seen it in a long time, and it's just really culminated. And like you said, it gives a uh, Roman Reigns a little more time just to kind of simmer until you just let him go. So. It's uh, exactly to the point, and with Ambrose being, somebody dislikes this guy. Just an absolute marvel. I wish him to be a little more scientific and not more, but, uh, you know, it's good seeing them together, just create a of magic that you don't, uh, you haven't, you know, to. very nice and glamorous. Getting on to it. We got Rusev against r So Actually, before that, you know, backstage, this car caused a bit of a malay last night. You know, Ray, Renee Young is backstage. Dean Ambrose asking him about the contract, and J and J Security gets up in the face and him. Then he beats down Mercury, and then he hits a cameraman. Uh, not, not for a world. It is, you know, it's great, uh, great stage statement. And then, then so is uh, Dean Ambrose gets arrested, and uh, he's not going to be able to sign the contract. There's a huge thing about that. It's always cool to see someone get arrested on Monday Night Raw. It reminds you back in the Stone Cold days and everything. It was a great twist to it. It was kind of weird at the end of Raw. We'll talk about that later. But um, that in itself was pretty interesting writing. But then on uh, Rusev, it was kind of a throwaway match. didn't really have much to it other than uh, towards the end of the match. We've got Lana coming out and... Uh, Rusev asks her to come out trying to uh, try to dig where they've been going with saying And they'll forgive you if you just take my hand. And obviously he's got an affection for her. And then uh, he starts to braid her. And then she takes the mic and just absolutely tears him apart. I mean, that was absolutely great. A lot of people saw that coming. She goes out of the ring. And then, of course, her and Dolph Ziggler make out and have a good time. And so, know, yeah, Rusev absolutely infuriates him. I kind of like where this is going as well. I lost this storyline. But Lana kind of mixing it up, being the I won't say Devil Lady, but obviously the affection in this. You know, Ziggler and Rusek would probably throw down well. I mean, it's it's gonna end up being a great angle, and you're gonna have the lady involved, or they'll have a stipulation to match where they'll have Lana hanging from a cage or something. They did that with somebody. I'm trying to think. Was it China? She was hanging up from the cage, and and it ended up uh, yeah. someone broke <laughs> out of it, but. Mm. Good old fashioned story writing. I like that. So uh that's gonna be a decent match, uh within itself. It's a huge building to uh at a nice pace and uh we'll see where this goes and uh I'm looking forward to it. What about you, Chris?
1: Yeah, I think that the uh, the match between Rusev and R Truth was poorly booked. Uh just because first of all you're already gonna have a lot of people uh, you already have within the past few weeks, as soon as people found out that R Truth was a part of the Intercontinental Championship, um <clears throat> the, the list of the people in the elimination chamber. Now, let's get this let's get some things straight. You know, this is this would be R Truth's fourth elimination chamber, so he's definitely not you know, uh this this definitely is not something that he's not been in for one and then for two I mean I shared it with it I think a year I think a week or two ago I mean people should not be so hard on our truth yeah you know he is not <laughs> he doesn't have a very impressive win loss record however you know he's a good hand he's a solid mid card wrestler he's a solid wrestler you know who has a gimmick behind him. People, are st- people still cheer for r truth, and he's a solid wrestler. I mean, he's a good wrestler. He's a solid name in the WWE. I, I call him, and I tweeted this. Uh, I think I tweeted this a week or two ago. I compare r truth to the modern day Tito Santana. I mean, I really think that. I mean, you know, and to be honest with you, r truth has achieved more than Tito Santana because. Yeah, Santana had a you know tag team championship, and he had a, a Intercontinental Championship reign. But r Truth has been U.S. Champion. He's been WWE Tag Team Champion, and he's also been NWA World Heavyweight Champion. So he's actually have he's actually achieved more than uh, you know than. Uh, Tito Santana, and to be honest with you, if you think of people like Ryback, if you think of people, you know, in the match like Bad News or King Barrett, those, you know, they've never been. Rusev is another person they've never been world champ, and our truth can claim he can, you know, be he can lay claim as being the as a former NWA world heavyweight champion. And the first ever black NWA World Heavyweight Champion, so he's a solid mid card man. Like I said, he's a modern day Tito Santana to me. Tito Santana, like you know the the Survivor Series back in what was that ninety that uh, they had the, the the Grand Finale match, and uh, uh, was that ninety? I think it was ninety when they had the Grand yeah. Finale match, and uh, with uh, Tito Santana, the Ultimate Warrior, and Hulk Hogan. And so, yeah, you know, that's, that's stuff like that. You know, that's that was a big pivotal moment for Tito Santana, you know, <clears throat> known to be a mid card guy, but he was able to survive on his team and be in the main event of Survivor Series. So stuff like that, you know, we'll always remember. And I think that our truth, you know, although, you know, he won't win any uh, big titles or. He may not even win any mid-card titles anymore. I don't think people should be so hard on our truth as being a part of the match. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I definitely don't think that uh, him being in the match is a bad thing at all, actually. I think that he'll bring us some... Some some good matches. I think he'll have some good, some good back and forth, and uh, you know who knows. I think I think people are still people still like shock value, and if you know if someone like r truth and and Sheamus who are the last two people, and r truth, uh, you know, gets to the point where he's almost winning the match. I mean, similar to Santino and, and Daniel Bryan for the World Heavyweight Championship a few a few years back, people were. People were marking out for Santino that night, so it's still there. It's still possible, and I think just having him get Rusev crushed on Monday was was a bad idea because he's already he's already getting scrutinized for being in the match, and then you had Rusev squash him. I don't think that I was I don't think that was written good at all. As far as Lana is concerned, um, you know the, the the segment that they had. Builds more animosity between the two. You know, I'm cool with that. I'm not quite sure what the ending of that's going to be. But, uh, you know, it's either going to be one of two things, it seems like. It's either a big old swerve, which I would be cool with, or it's going to make Lana like the face of women's wrestling, the Divas competition, which I'm also okay with because they need a face, just have a bunch of people just wrestling each other. They don't have a face, a baby face, you know, poster girl or poster diva um, like they did with Trish. So either way it would work for me. Um, so, you know, uh, I'm just going to have patience over the weeks as they build it up, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes.
2: Yeah, and also another option to have, don't be surprised if they make Rusev turn into like a saucy and, Crying and pleading for Lana to come back to her side And turn him into a, Like we saw with the Big Show Where he was crying and, you know. I mean I could almost see WWE doing that But I like the analogy better hmm. Then we go to the ring Real We quick, have King Barrett
1: <clears throat> Real quick before you Before before you get to King Barrett um, <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Say a quote here on, on RealWrestling.net live stream First of all Um that is the correct answer. <clears throat> Jesse Ventura and Agent Adonis, next trivia question is uh, uh, high energy. High energy is the next trivia question. Uh, real quick, uh quote on here says, I remember truth, uh, I re, or I remember truth and men's being blamed for the low buy rate of that survivor series, even though it wasn't their fault. And, and I, I totally agree with that because, first of all, you're giving the main event a match between Rock and Cena. Now you know that that was just going to be. A, I mean, it was a it was a total total warm up match. You know, it was given given Cena and Rock kind of like a Cena Shawn Michaels type of thing when when Cena and Shawn Michaels was feuding and they had their WrestleMania match. They became tag team champions. Uh, Rock and Cena weren't tag team champions, but they had that kind of Relationship, that kind of love hate relationship, and you know, awesome truth was that was really their the pinnacle of their heel, you know, careers. You know, for truth, Uh, that was one of his moments. I think the the pinnacle of his career was uh, when he, when Little Jimmy first came out and he was the, the when he turned heel and. You know, he said this is a conspiracy, a C-O-N-spiracy. and it was feuding against John Cena, and had a match at uh, I believe it was Capital Punishment, the only the only Capital Punishment pay per view that ever existed There's only ever been one of them, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. He went against, uh, he main evented against uh, um, John Cena, and at that time Truth was so over that it, it worked. Um, awesome Truth, <clears throat> them being a tag team, it was okay. Uh, but just throwing them to the wolves of, of Rock and Cena, uh, there's no way that they were going to lose, <laughs> you know, that Cena and Rock was going to lose. I don't know if that was the best idea. But, I mean, I definitely think that Chuf uh, is a good hand. So, um, it's a good job there. as uh, Owen Hart and Coco beware. So, yep, I, I think uh, Rusev uh, beating Truth in that manner wasn't probably the best, best idea.
2: And ladies and gentlemen, I just want to point out that Chris Featherstone is sick. But when it comes to wrestling, it doesn't matter what his throat feels like. He's going to let you know his opinion. He's going to stick with it. And uh, sure. that's the kind of guy we got running this show. And that's absolutely amazing because wrestling fans, United, got the awesome vlogs on. We've got everything going. I mean, live, we are wrestling. So back to the ring. They're right back. It was a decent match. Right has got his ribs all taped up. He starts out manhandling. Barrett, you know, it goes back and forth for a while. And uh, now it's going win change for a two-count. Gets the full hammer ready. And Barrett slaps around with the talk trash. And, of course, right back just nails him with the spine buster out of nowhere. And he gets shell-shocked, and uh, that's the way that goes i of see that coming. I guess they're still trying to build Ryback to the point where, I mean, they're going to make him just think the mid-card talent, but he's never going to be the talent. You know, it's more like uh, he just kind of runs through these mid-card shows, but then again, at the end of the day, he gets his shot to him as well. But it's still kind of confusing what they're doing with Ryback, what they want to accomplish with him. You know, and, it's, and I like him. I hope he keeps that King rule as well. You know one of the best teams that I can remember, other than King Lawler was was King Booker. You know, and I love the way yes. he just kinda
1: Booker of ah.
2: you know, opened and closed his eye, blinked his eyes real quick and just kinda of had this very nonchalant way about it. I mean that was I just forgot all about that until re <laughs> that yeah, the pinky. So got in for right back the next few weeks.
1: Uh, I, nothing, nothing much. I, you know, and they, they've, they've struck out pretty much with Ryback. You know, I'm still holding on because I think that he can be, I mean, the guy hasn't even won a mid-card championship. I mean, that's the crazy part about Ryback. He's been in so many opportunities to be a top guy. I mean, his feud with Punk, his feud with Cena, you know he he's had the opportunities. He's main event pay per views for titles, and he's lost every time. You know what I mean? Or or he didn't become champ at all. Uh, and so, you know, it's to the point right now where, you know, if I had my cho- if I had my pick, Ryback would be walking out there the Intercontinental Champion because I really think that Ryback you know, is the guy. He should be uh he should be one of the top mid card guys right now in the WWE but WWE just continues to drop the ball and people you know the Feed Me More is a catchy. The Feed Me More is a brand. People are still buying into the Feed Me More chance. They like it. The brand still is working, it's thriving. But for some reason they're not allowing you know the they're, they're kind of putting a glass ceiling on Ryback. Now understand his athleticism isn't, you know, uh the best in the world, but you know the, that that's not necessarily a prerequisite to be a, a top guy. And we've seen that over the years. Um and I think that Ryback if like I said he'd be my pick to leave champ if they are going to put it on Sheamus. I'd be okay with the Ryback Sheamus feud going into SummerSlam, and and Ryback end up getting the the Intercontinental Championship from Sheamus at SummerSlam. I'd be okay with that. So, but I think Ryback should be. Uh, I think they should just lift and break the ceiling from him. And I mean, they should give him a shot, man. Give him a, a mid card title. Yeah, it's,
2: it's still puzzling money they don't. The guy's have been around what, three years, two years, three years now, and it's, he just you know, keeps three. falling short, and they keep just doing and building him, and he should be one of the next guys on deck. I mean, he can be a believable tough guy. I mean, I'm behind a right back push, but he gets so far, and they just pull him back in faces. But, you know, he's got injuries and stuff as well, but you know, that's another thing. And then we have another lackluster Stardust versus Neville match. You know, of course, we knew he was going to win this one. He got Bo Dallas coming out doing ringside, and Eh, just another Neville Climbs. Up. It's his red arrow for the win. Neville's exciting. Again, just coming out against Stardust, We all, it was a no-brainer what was going to happen. Who was going to win Bo Dallas. I'm not really, nobody's intimidated by Bo Dallas. So, it didn't really add a whole lot to the match. Uh, coming up next, you had Ziggler and Sheamus. Yeah, it was a great match. It was a really awesome all-around. I liked it. You get the, the stomps and everyone starts feeling you've got a lot of heat behind Sheamus still. Uh, not that anything again. He's almost like a Sheamus where they go so far and they take him back. For me, Dolph Ziggler's still white hot. He's still, you know, should be on top of the, the mid card scene and uh, be an awesome, awesome opponent to to ride back and and obviously we see Sheamus. This thing, where, Dolph Ziggler can almost wrestle anybody. I mean, he could wrestle a, a barrel. And it'd make it look believable. He's just one of those guys who just has absolutely talent, just exploding out of him. So he still seems to get the short end of the stick, but I mean, he's still relevant in this whole thing going on with Rusev. I mean, that could just be another great thing to get himself into and get on with. So anything he's a part of is really going to draw a good crowd. Seamus is uh, good at carrying people, staying up with them, and, you know, getting them the push that they need as well. So Seamus came out the winner. But uh,
1: there's other things. Wait on with the honor. Get on with
2: that, Chris.
1: Yeah. You you know, Ziggler's Ziggler's always going to be a top, you know, mid-card talent. And um, I don't see much money. I don't see much uh, world title money in in Ziggler. But I definitely think uh, he's a a fantastic, you know, um, upper mid-card hand. That, that uh should be there for a while and that uh is, is gonna be really uh, uh this, that, that's good but I, I don't know if he's plateaued though. That's the thing. I, I don't I, I don't know. The 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 verdict is still out on that. Um as far as if Ziggler's plateaued and what's next for Ziggler as far as really making him kind of break that mid card ceiling. Um I've said before, I don't I don't see main event money in Ziggler. Um, when they had the World Heavyweight Championship, I think that that was a good thing, a good place to put Ziggler. However, just because I don't see main event money in Ziggler um, doesn't mean that I think that he can um, be WWE World Heavyweight Champion. I think what will help Dolph Ziggler is if it was more like a David and Goliath type thing. If he was, if you know, someone huge, you know, I can't see really Ziggler and Lesnar, um, but someone huge, you know, um, and and just a powerhouse uh, big guy winning the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, like a, you know, it's hard for me to say this, but like a big show. And, you know, you have Ziggler versus Big Show, and somehow Ziggler, you know, pulls all the odds, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, and win, you know. Um, interesting comment here. I hate to compare any, anyone to Kurt Hennig, but because he's one of my all-time favorites, particular has what he had, I agree. You know, the thing is about Hennig, he was never a main event guy. You know, he, he was one of the – so many people said that he's an uncrowned world heavyweight champion, which I agree, but he still he, – he owned the mid card. And he oh, and uh, that could be a blessing and a curse for someone like a Kurt Hennig and someone like a Dolph Ziggler. They're so good, they're so. I mean, their wrestling abilities are so good that you know sometimes their character kind of gets shrouded in how good they are athletically, you know. And I always say this, I say, you know, I always I say this all the time, and I stand by it, characters over wrestling. I, I will say that to the death of me. Characters over wrestlers. I mean, if you look at the, the Mount Rushmore of the WWE, you, you got Hogan, Austin, uh, Rock, and probably Taker. You know, those four are the Mount Rushmore of the WWE, and, you know, all four of them. What does what, you know? What uh, do all four of them have in common? They were large and in life characters that the whole industry, the whole company, was built around the characters of them. Not watching wrestling clinics of you know Hulk Hogan and Andre, or Hogan and Bundy, or you know Hogan and Earthquake. You know we, we really didn't care about the wrestling. We were so in tune with the characters. Um, You know, Steve Austin was a technical wrestler when he first started stunning Steve Austin, but he had, you know, the leg surgeries and, you know, the neck. And, you know, he became more of a character. His wrestling, uh, his wrestling, in-ring wrestling skills tanked. I mean, it, it, it took a huge dip because of injuries. But we weren't even... We we didn't buy into Steve Austin, the wrestler. You know, that's the reason why stunning Steve Austin was a mid-card guy. He was an awesome wrestler, but his character wasn't big enough. Stone Cold Steve Austin, his character was big enough, and that's the reason why people bought into him. The Rock has never been known to be a great wrestler that so we we bought into The Rock's character. Undertaker, he's, he's the one of the only four that has both awesome agility, awesome wrestling skills, but still, we bought into The Undertaker character. And so that's why I always say character over wrestlers, characters over wrestlers. And there's not many people that have that ability to l- allow their character to be at the forefront of the WWE at this point. That's the reason why, you know, people may throw tomatoes at me about this or stones at me about this, but that's why I don't see money in in Rollins. And I I say that, and I keep saying that, you know, I am not as critical as I was of him being champion, but Rollins isn't a big draw, and we're seeing that. um, Because he's a fantastic wrestler, I keep telling people that I followed Tyler Black when he was in the Indies. I was a big Tyler Black fan in, in Ring of Honor. But he doesn't have a character that supersedes that chart, that, that bust, that that breaks that wall that makes him a part of the elite. And so, um, you know, that's the reason why people um, are as involved and are as geared and tuned into weekly episodes as they were, because there's not any large and alive characters. I think Cena kind of broke that. I think Cena made the marks the most important because he didn't have really a large and alive character. But the marks became so important because you got the let's go Cena. Cena sucks, as he explained in his interview, in his promo, at the beginning of the show. But Cena wasn't a large and life character. And he kind of broke the... He kind of Turned the corner of the large and life characters, which I think was a detriment to pro wrestling. But you know that's why I like Roman Reigns. I think Roman Reigns has an opportunity to be that character. You but you got so much of the smart voice that's kind of going against that right now. But at the same time, I, I still think he has it. But you know Dolph Ziggler, amazing. He's one of my favorite wrestler in the WWE right now, but he doesn't have that it factor that kind of surpasses, you know, and put him in the upper echelon because of his character. So uh, awesome upper mid-card guy, but, you know, not not a huge main eventer.
2: Hey, that's a shame, not a huge main eventer. I mean, he can deal with anybody, but, again, he just doesn't put the butts in his feet. And... Doggone it. That's all you can really say is that's a shame. Well we gotta go on. Ninety minutes is never enough, we always say. Yeah, have the John Cena US title open challenge. He had the captive entourage come out. I hate it when they do things like this on Raw. I mean I know it's supposed to pump them and you know they get setbacks and sponsorships and everything but anyway so it had to come out. And never ever they bring somebody in, you know, in the wrestling scene. It, it looks look so lost and just dumb up. There. <laughs> And yeah. it's just, a bumble sound, and just, hey, this has been our lifelong dream to be in the ring of the WWE. No, it's not. Shut up, right. do your thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I can't stand it. Anyway, if the movie's any good, who cares? I uh, want to touch down that uh, we saw Zach Ryder come out and uh, didn't expect to see him pop out, but he did. And, again, we knew he was going to win this match, but uh, he put up a great fight. It was a good show. Afterwards, we had Cena, you know, give him a high five and a low five and a high ten and give him a hug and everything, raise his hand, which is nice. It's good sportsmanship. But, uh, again, it it's kind of comes in with the smarmy John Cena trying to make him the great American hero and everyone's best friend. And, you know, that's really not the case. And it's kind of about that way. But after that, of course, you got Kevin Owens coming out. Really uh, tears it up, shocks Cena by surprise. And uh, hopefully, I've been hearing rumors, Chris, that they're going to be at the Elimination Chamber and maybe have some kind of talk between them. which should be absolutely great. I mean, he's, he's great for the show. He's really pumped some you know, more energy into this John Cena U.S. title character. But what are they going to do with the NXT Championship?
1: So, I think it's just a. <clears throat> I think it's just a pull I think it's just a promotion. I think it's just a way to promote NXT. I think it's a great idea. I don't think I don't think Owens should win at all. We'll get some predictions later, but I don't think Owens should win at all. But I do think this is a fantastic idea that <clears throat> Winner lose Winner lose Kevin Owens and NXT wins. I mean, there's there's no there's no debating to that um the very fact that the NXT title is being hoisted up weekly on a raw I mean this isn't smackdown here this isn't tape this is a main event or superstars this is the flagship show this is raw that we're doing this this is you know uh, this is during a time you know where it gets really really heated you know as far as the, as far as the uh the segments are concerned and, and, and the, the the way the segments are laid out they're they're doing it in very, very uh, pivotal segments. And so the very fact that they're allowing NXT and uh, you know, Kevin Steen is a fantastic representative to have that type of invasion role that they're kinda of doing with the NXT Right now, but I think it's fantastic. And like I said, no matter what, win or, win or lose, Kevin Steen and NXT as a whole win. So I think it's a fantastic, uh, uh, you know, booking John Cena and Kevin Owens at Elimination Chamber is absolutely fantastic. It's a great idea. I absolutely love it. And I'm, I'm I'm an NXT Mark. <laughs> I've made it very clear. I've I've been to NXT live before. It's fantastic. Um, I actually went to one of the tapings uh, that I actually showed on the WWE Network. I love NXT. I've been you know the <laughs> the past you know couple years. I've been talking about on the show how much NXT is a fantastic brand, and I think that it. I think the NXT should get to a point where I think I remember. Uh, I think it was Triple H that said on the Austin podcast that Vince McMahon loves competition, and if, if hey, if if Triple H is going to be the heir apparent uh, of the WWE, the Triple H or Stephanie, if if one of them, namely Triple H, is going to be the heir parent of the WWE brand, there's your baby. There's NXT right there. There's your, you know, <laughs> yeah, there there is your 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 competition. There's your internal competition right there. NXT, you know, evolving and emerging to be such an amazing brand of what it is now. You know, actually taking their talents away from Full Sail University and and you know, drawing out 10,000 uh, 10,000 person crowds and I think it's a fantastic idea to do that. So, it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if Kevin Steen loses or Kevin Owens loses in 2 minutes. It doesn't matter. NXT wins. And so, I think the very fact that they allowed Steen to have the upper hand 2 weeks in a row. I mean, of course, it's, you know, I guess I'm giving away this prediction already. Kevin Owens loses, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he loses in in, in 90 seconds. NXT NXT still wins.
2: It wins, and that's great. And it's, again, that's, it'll be their own competition. And, I mean, obviously TNA's out of the picture now. It always has been as far as I'm concerned. but so, I mean, that's a great great analogy. We want to get to uh, the, the Snuka versus Paige. we got twins come out and Terry. Naomi comes out with Tamina. Uh, and uh makes her way out. Tamina gets a good start on her. Paige finally makes her way back. Of course, Naomi comes in. gets a cheap shot. H, uh, does, I'm sorry, H does not win. She loses. So on that note, the team division is still boring, and there's really not a whole lot they're going to do. Um, I just hope so much they're going to bring Lana in. Lana's going to come in, and I hope so much that uh, she becomes a stronghold in the powerhouse because she's obviously shown that with her mic like, skills and it's her promo and her in-ring performance of just making a, a presence of herself. And I believe her and Paige could probably really tear the house down. And it's something the Bellas aren't going to do, because obviously I've read recently where Breeze no longer want to be active in the in the meantime. She's going to be Daniel you know, O'Brien, obviously, for reasons. But uh, if, I don't think uh, one Bella can do anything on their own. It, it's absolutely the diva's divisions in utter chaos. But with Lana and Paige... They could really turn this thing around and make it exciting. And, uh, again, Lana has been a pleasant surprise with what she's doing now and what she's done in the past. If you didn't think Rusev was believable, you thought Lana was believable because she just brought that Paul Heyman-esque presence to the ring in a female form, in a a skinny female form, not a bloated white dude like Paul Heyman. God bless him. I miss Paul Heyman. We need to see him come back soon. So, D the division, Chris.
1: Well, uh, we'll see Paul Heyman uh, after all next Monday on the Stone Cold Podcast, and I'm very, very looking. I'm looking forward for that uh, on the WWE Network. Uh, real quick, um, the Patriot and Marcus Alexander Bagwell. The Patriot and Marcus Alexander Bagwell. So again, if I say the team, give me the people. If I say the people, give me the team. The Patriot and Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Real quick, I want to give a shout out to uh, Ring of Honor's uh, Will Ferrara. Um, man, <laughs> I remember watching. Ron, I tweeted it during the time. I was like, wait a minute. When they when they showed the cameraman, it was just a side of him. I was like, it looks like Will Ferrara. And um, uh, and then when they did the you know a better shot, when they went back you know backstage and uh Ferrar, you know Ferrar kind of uh denied it and <clears throat> uh way they forced Ambrose to get arrested I was like well, that is <laughs> it's will Ferrara uh and so kudos to that man i'm gonna um see if I can get him on the show soon it's 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 crazy because I actually met uh will. Uh, and, a, and a ROH show. And he, man, he, he's a, he's loyal, man. He was, uh, putting, he was putting down the, uh, the ring and, uh, yeah, he, he had his, he was, <laughs> he, he was paying his dues and I can respect him for that. And I remember when I was introduced to Will, I was actually talking to ACH at the time. Uh, we were getting an interview scheduled, <clears throat> um, and, and he'll be on the show, uh, coming up here soon but uh, ACH and I were talking and then (laughs) somebody brought Will over to me I was like yeah you know but you know put him on the show and I kind of passed on Will because you know when I think about eh, I love interviewing everybody Um, but when I think about interviewing people I think about like you know because I'm a journalist and so You know, top stories type of thing. You know, I've interviewed many, many people. I've interviewed people from indies. I've interviewed people on the show from OVW. So that's not, you know, interviewing uh, people. I love interviewing people here on the show. But when I was thinking of Will, I was thinking about getting an ROH name. And at that time, I was thinking about Moose, which I did have Moose on the show eventually. I was talking to ACH about getting him on a show and, and, and that's that's coming uh uh in the near future. And then Will Ferraro I was like, Well um yeah, I like Will, you know, R H Top Prospect Tournament, you know, him and Donovan Dijack, you know, tore the house down and I was like, Well, I mean I'm gonna wait on Will and it's crazy that, you know, he, out of anyone he was the guy that actually got the WWE, you know, spot. Uh, you know, granted he was a cameraman, but it was still great. And to me, it seems like that has Jimmy Jacobs written all over it because I know that Jimmy Jacobs is, uh, you know, on the uh, creative uh, end of NXT now, and uh, he got hired on. And so, yeah, I, it seems like that has Jimmy Jacobs because I know that Jimmy Jacobs was like Adam Rose's. One of Adam Rose's rosebuds for a little bit too. Um, so was um, oh, what's the what's the um, Leon? Um, what's her name? I we are wrestling on that nose. Um, uh, Mandy Mandy Leon that's that's her name. Uh, I didn't need any help, <laughs> obviously, because no one no one helped me. Kind of. <laughs> Kinda of left me out there hanging, but Man, Mandy Leon, Mandy Leon, and, and 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 she was she's from ROH as well, and yeah, I, when I saw Will there, I said, oh wow, that's awesome, and so we'll get Will on the show here soon. But as far as the as far as the divas are concerned, I mean that was the worst match of the night. And that was probably the worst. That was probably wor- the worst divas match of the year, and Paige is probably my favorite diva. No, she is. <clears throat> She's my favorite diva, hands down. Her and Naomi were uh, were kind of fighting at number one for me, but I don't like Naomi's heel turn whatsoever. So it's a clear-cut page right now. But that match was absolutely... It was cringeworthy. It was horrible. There were so many botches in that match. They could not cue... I mean. You can tell, and, and read JTT's book, and we'll talk about that probably in the coming weeks. Uh, JTG's book says it very clear as far as, you know, whether two people actually talk about their match beforehand or they just call it on the fly. And that really seemed like a call-on-the-fly match that was horrible. There were so many botches, and just oh, it was just it was sad to look at. And so, I don't ever want to see something like that again. And then at the end of the at the end of the match, Tamina won, so it made it even worse. I mean, no disrespect to Tamina; she's a she's a great talent, but that match was horrible. So, that's really uh, sadly that really is a representation of the divas division not the not the NXT women's division cuz they blow the main roster out the water but that's really a representation of the WWE Divas division stars and stripes is uh, the correct answer uh who were the gangsters who were the gangsters but yeah that was absolutely horrible Derek.
2: yeah it was horrible and then but that's to be expected by the divas that's a shame and uh but Coming up next, you had uh, The New Day versus Cesaro Tyson-Kidd versus Lost Madoras, The Ascension, Primetime Players, and the Lucha Dragon. It wasn't really much of a match. It maybe lasted 30 seconds and then it turned into a giant yeah, ring of chaos. And, but so, uh, The New Day came out of the ring to uh, be the winners, I guess by disqualification. They're the legal manner. I'm really not too sure how that works. Yeah, it was another throwaway match just to fill some time, so they could have an extra ten minutes to
1: make the ending of Raw
2: somewhat good. But you know,
1: yeah, I was I was a fan of it. I like it. <clears throat> I think that uh, allowing the tag team division to really shine. I mean, come on now, it, this really seems like this has Triple H written all over it <clears throat> because. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, he was, he was commenting about how he wanted the tag team division to be elevated, and we didn't really see that for a number of years. But finally, I mean, this was long, long overdue, and I really, really love what I see right now with the tag team division. And I'm so glad that, you know, the mega powers or the meta powers or whatever – you know they're not in it because I think that that's just I think they're they're just just no good at all. Um, <clears throat> seems like Heath Slater and, and Adam Rose is forming a team. I'm glad that they're not in it because they're just like you know throwing together tag teams. But these six teams are the, the teams that should be in it. If if I had my if I had one choice, I would trade the Lost Matadores for uh, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. But, you know, and that's just because I think that Harper and Rowan would be a better fit in these six tag, tag teams. However, though, Los is they're, you know, they're probably, <clears throat> they're unfortunately, you know, forced to have a kind of a, a lackluster gimmick. But, you know, Primo and Epico as a team is fantastic. I mean, they're former tag team champions. And so, awesome, awesome uh, talent, you know, Los Menadores as a team isn't very, you know, compelling. But they're a great talent. But I, you know, I kind of wish Harper and Roman since they, Harper and Roman since they kind of, since they, you know, officially got back together, I kind of wish that they were inserted in this somehow. I think that would have been a good move. Yeah, that would have
2: been a good move. And yeah, I mean, I see how it's going to lead into the elimination chamber. What that's all about, but it just seemed like a filler and wasn't too filled with it. But then we get to the end, which is kind of weird. I just okay, so uh, they come out, the authority comes out. Dean Ambrose is unable to sign her contract, obviously the news going to lead up to it, and uh, just when there's one announcement that everything's off, of course, from rains comes down. I mean, just tackles everybody. As the ring goes that's and then we see Dean Ambrose backing up a paddy wagon to the. <laughs> he must have paid his bail, or somebody did. Maybe the fans got together and, you know, much of his bail and we'll pay it. So he comes out, backs it up, and he walks out wearing a hat, and he looks like a reminiscent of the big boss man. I, it's kind of a corny ending, kind of like I remember when Mankind, and I think it was Chainsaw Charlie, came running down when they went to the hospital. They still had their IVs connected to him. And, of course, he had uh, the beer truck and. Zamboni, and Kurt Angle with the milk tray. I mean, it's reminiscent. It was great. It was funny. But it added a bit to it And so, obviously Dean Ambrose gets the last laugh. We're all good stuff the end of that. Yeah, I It was corny, but again, I marked out and thought it was exciting. It was fun for the, the entertainment aspect of it and just kind of build the character of Dean Ambrose. I'm all for it. I don't mind it at all. What
1: do you say? I liked it. I think it was good. Um, real quick, Mustafa um, we'll New Jack. Yes, the gangsters. Uh, the next question is the Edgeheads. The Edgeheads. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I liked it. You know, it was a. I keep saying characters over wrestlers. I, I think wrestling. Wrestling is. I love wrestling, and people know that. I've been watching wrestling all my life. I love watching wrestling. But I think wrestling matches are good mid-card, upper mid-card matches that will steal the show. But at the end of the day, the, the the characters, good job Hawkins and Ryder. The characters is what it's all about. People have to create a character to make us want to buy into you for from a long-term perspective. And I think that Dean Ambrose is kind of I think <clears throat> I think he showed that on Monday. I think you know the 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 Pulling back in the arena with the police truck, you know that was reminiscent of of Steve Austin, you know pulling in with the Zamboni with the milk and, and, and you know Kurt Angle, and I think that uh, stuff like that is what people are going to buy into, and I and I I appreciated it, I liked it, I think it was a good idea, uh, kind of having that lunatic fringe because every time I think of. Dean Ambrose, I think of I think of Jake Roberts and Brian Pillman. And what was the common thread between those two? Fantastic talent, some of the best psychology in the business, could cut a promo to save someone else's life, but they were never world champions. And in a way that they they were kind of uh they they were kind of hindered by their character in in a way. And uh, I see that with Ambrose, but I, you know, kind of adding more layers in his in his gimmick, like we saw on Raw, was a, I, I I became more invested, and I and I that's what I want, you know, for for Dean Ambrose. And I've said this before, I, you know, I, I saw I Ambrose flatlined to me for for quite some time, almost immediately after the shield broke up he feuded with uh, Rollins and their matches were good but it didn't really do much for him and then he feuded with with Wyatt that didn't do anything for him um you know he kind of he he was the one that started you know confiscating the Intercontinental championship you know just to you know be the one who didn't win it so Ambrose hasn't really the year that the shield's been broken up I think that Ambrose had the worst spot of the three, uh, and I definitely I definitely appreciate that, that Ambrose is starting to evolve. I think now more than ever um, we're starting to see more layers in Dean Ambrose's character, which I like. I still don't see main event world champion in that, but I do see a gradual move to really... Having the character that people are buying into, I think he has the potential to do that, and of course his athleticism and his in-ring work backs it up. So I'm, you know, yeah, uh, we'll get to predictions here in a minute, but uh, it it just seems like we're going to see a bunch of throwaway matches until SummerSlam, which, you know, originally it's Brock versus Rollins, but now you know, there's rumors of the match that I wanted to happen, which is Triple H versus Rollins. Uh, I went, I see, you know, the only thing is I don't want it to happen for the title, though. That's, that's one thing I don't want to see. But, um, you know, but if if things go as normal as originally planned, you know, we're going to see Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. So um, from now, for the next three months, for the next, you know, almost three months, we're going to have to see throwaway matches, so, And it's unfortunate uh, because, you know, we don't want to see throwaway matches because we know that Rollins somehow is going to be champ. It becomes the predictability level kind of diminishes the anticipation of the match. But, you know, it, it's, it's still a good way to kind of suspend us from reality a little bit. And I think Dean Ambrose being in this match, being this kind of throwaway main event, I think that Dean Ambrose for Elimination Chamber was a good pick for uh, to go against Seth Rollins because you know <clears throat> this mat- this pay per view isn't going to you know the Intercontinental Championship is the kind of the the the, the, the focal point of this <coughs> of the <coughs> excuse me of the Elimination Chamber pay per view. Um, so we don't need no we don't need no title we don't need the world title change hands anyway so. Um, but it'll be a good match. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I totally agree.
2: You know, it's going to be an awesome match. You can't wait to, uh, to sink into it. And the elimination spur is something that, you know, it's our point of the week, obviously, ladies and gentlemen. One of those, it's like a modern-day, you know, cage match almost. Such you get these pots. Now, that's kind of silly, but, you know, they do what they do. But it's been like one of the really brutal rough things. I mean, I think Shawn Michaels was one of the very first one. I remember him being in that, I think Jericho, there's a few others I haven't really thought about it who are in there. But really, really um I'm looking forward to this pay per view, I really am. Uh, just for the fact I want to see the main event. I like to see uh you know, the tag team championship and the elimination chamber. So yeah, you'll have a few um gaudy matches to begin with, but the pay-per-view itself should be fine. It's kind of nice to just do it on the WWE Network, and it's kind of an exclusive thing, so hopefully people aren't buying this stuff on pay-per-view still. If you hire one well, more power too, I wish I had your money. Other than that, uh, good thing for the WWE Network, and you know, I'm fortunate enough to have the WWE Network. It took me a while to get it. I got it, and it's good. Crazy. Anybody who's a wrestling fan should have it. Why don't you? If it's because you don't have ten bucks a month, I understand. Honestly, it's you, you'll never leave your house. That's the thing, and that's that's part of the downfall of it. But anyway, I don't want to talk about it because I might get paid two pancakes and power slams, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Featherstone is in the house with us, of course. We got the podcast going. We've got uh, live chat. We got trivia. Did anyone answer the right questions on the last? Uh, Who were the Edgeheads?
1: Uh, Hawkins, and writer for the Edgeheads. Uh, the next uh, trivia question is the Hellraisers, and uh, real quick, we are going to start the Flavor of the Week. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right, Derek, 2009 Elimination Chamber, what you got?
2: 2009, <laughs> with, uh, well, I Triple H, won the whole thing, I'm, it, it's a big... Sh- there, uh, who else? I think Koslov is say. in that one, too. Kozlov, yeah. Kozlov, hmm. Vladimir. I love his name. I want to name his son Vladimir if I ever have one. Well, I guess it depends. But uh, it, was, it was a good... Again, he has... 2009, the Triple H was still somewhat relevant in the WWE as far as an in-ring performer goes. but.
1: How yeah, it goes? I mean, what did you
2: think about
1: it? Was it? I think it was. Uh, was it no way out? Where that took place? Or? Yep. It was no way out. Um, 2009, they had a SmackDown and a Raw. That's when that split was still around. Um, but that was the year that uh, Edge um, took out. Uh, Edge lost uh, his. Uh, he was champ. Uh, uh, for a smackdown, he was WWE champ, and he lost. That's when Triple H won, and then uh, he took out Kofi Kingston uh, in the main event and uh, won the World Heavyweight Championship. That's uh, when John Cena had it. So, yeah, that was that was actually a pretty memorable one because a lot of people were saying that Randy Orton should take out our truth, you know, like uh, Edge did six years ago with Kofi Kingston. But, uh, you know, I think that was a pretty memorable one uh, just because of what Edge did, uh, losing the WWE Championship and then winning the World Heavyweight Championship. 2010, it was actually the birth of the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. John Cena won the WWE Championship, and then Chris Jericho won the World Heavyweight Championship, um, defeating The Undertaker last when Shawn Michaels came out and super kicked uh, or or Steve Karina was a Starbucks <laughs> The Undertaker. Yes, and uh yeah, Jericho won. I remember
2: the Y two J truth, John Finch and Ray Mysterio and CM Punk was in there. And yeah, it was a uh, twenty It was yeah, it was the first elimination were like actual name pay per view. And uh with Y two J winning, I always loved that. You know, Undertaker our truth John Morrison, he's a talent that I somewhat miss a little bit. Uh, it was a great time. So, the first action elimination chamber paper deal wasn't too bad. It wasn't as good as the first one, but uh, kept going for a while. So, I think 20 we had Edge won that. Yep. Uh, 2011,
1: Edge won, it, uh, Edge won it as well. He defended his uh, World Heavyweight Championship. Um, <clears throat> and then... Uh, it was a number one contenders match uh, for the WWE Championship. Was the other chamber match? <clears throat> John Cena won that one uh, for the WWE Championship. So, <clears throat> beat it. Uh, it was a, de- a decent, uh, a decent selection. And speaking of r truth, like I said, r truth was in the first elimination chamber. You know, main event, uh, the one that Jericho won. And he was also in the 2011 Elimination Chamber for the WWE Championship Number One Contenders Match. So, I mean, we gotta we gotta think about these things. Our Truth was in the uh, he was in the runnings to become WWE Champion at WrestleMania. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, there you go. Great job. The Hellraisers were Hawk and Sasaki. Yeah, absolutely, they were in Japan. They were not the Royal Warriors. <clears throat> That's when Hawk uh, broke up with uh, Animal for a little bit and teamed up with Kensuke Sasaki in Japan. So 2012, we got CM Punk and Daniel Bryan winning their perspective uh, championships, and we talked about it earlier. Uh, Santino was, I think the, uh, the SmackDown Elimination chamber was not very good at all, because I remember they had Kali in it. And again, uh the elimination Chamber 2012 for the WWE Championship. Guess who was in the match? Our truth. So, <laughs> so he was yeah, 2010, 11, and 12. He was in the Elimination Chamber main event matches. So, uh, that's my point right there. He hasn't. He, you know, he's he's been he he's been uh, important as far as you know, elimination chamber matches, but. Yeah, I definitely remember uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, he was a heel at the time, and he was world heavyweight champion, and, and Santino was the uh, the runner-up, and people just was marking out when <laughs> Santino almost beat Daniel Bryan. And even though I was talking about R-Truth, we ought to make a meme out of it.
2: Say, like, uh, who won the match last night? We did a, the John Cena wrestle? I'm like, yeah, uh, forget who, probably R-Truth. And R-Truth is just <laughs> the answer to anything wrestling that you don't know for sure, but... Probably a good yeah. chance that you're right. that He was there. So but the yep. 2012. Yeah, I mean the SmackDown. That SmackDown has always been the B product opposed to Raw, I and mean, it just goes to show it always will be. I mean, it was
1: that was a pretty bad Elimination Chamber. It wasn't that great. Yeah, it wasn't at all. So 2013 uh, was horrible to me because uh, it was Swagger. That's when he won it. Won against Del Rio um, at that WrestleMania. Just, just uh, Jericho, Daniel Bryan, Mark Henry, Kane, and Randy Orton, the, the, the people in it were cool. But Swagger, out of anybody winning it, was just a bad idea to me. Yeah, Swagger. I mean, where's he been
2: the last couple months? It's been a while since we've seen him. And, and 2013, he won the Elimination Chamber. But, again, nothing really came out of that. He defeated Chris Jericho, which has been kind of a trend lately, which stinks. <laughs> and it did. My Mark Henry's in there. He was kind of a stinker along with Kane, but. Yeah, it was just another pay-per-view. I I don't remember. I can barely remember it, but somehow you do, so all right. <laughs> yep.
1: 2014. But how about this? 2014, last year, was Christian's first ever Elimination Chamber match. That was interesting that if, out of any, like, just anyone, you would never guess that it was Christian's first elimination chamber match. He, it just seemed like he would be, in a lot more. Cesaro was in that match too. It was for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. That was a big push for Cesaro. Randy Orton retained it, but it was a, it was a pretty pretty decent match. Yeah,
2: it was okay. You know, Orton won, obviously. And it's always good to see Christian. he's no longer around. However. John Cena, Sheamus, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro. I mean, pretty much at that time, they were all very yeah, on their Cena you know, was already established, obviously. Sheamus has always been the best mid carder, at least in his mind. But he's been a solid mid carder. Daniel Bryan was on fire as well. Cesaro, a touch of I think that's when he was with Paul Heyman, probably. Including he just being an old time favorite. So it was great, and I was very happy with it.
1: Yep, absolutely. And real quick, <clears throat> let's get to the predictions. All right, we have <clears throat> we have uh, Neville and Bo Dallas. Neville. Oh yeah, hands down. What <laughs> uh, <Good question>. the <laughs> right uh, triple threat match? Nikki Bella, Paige, Naomi. Who wins or uh, retains the Divas Championship? I want to take a long shot. Say Paige. Hmm. For some reason, I think they're going to give it to Naomi. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I think they're going to give it to Naomi. I'm a I'm a, I'm a may yeah. <laughs> that that song was just horrible too. But um, yeah, I think they're going to. It, it would there there would be no payoff because <clears throat> Naomi, you know. Um, Lost, you know, she, she 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 wasn't able to win the the, the championship at uh, at, at uh, what extreme rules. So, yeah, I think that or payback. I think it was yeah payback. Um, so yeah, I think I think Naomi takes it. Uh, Cena and Owens. Oh, Cena definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Cena, absolutely. Uh, who wins the Intercontinental Championship? Uh, Chamber match. Oh, uh, wow. Um, I'm believing. Uh, I think Nickman's going to win. I'm going Sheamus. <clears throat> Who wins the tag team one?
2: Tag team, I'm going to say New Day's probably going to retain it.
1: Absolutely. New Day for me as well. And then finally, Rollins and Ambrose for the title. Uh, Ross. Absolutely. All right, and then pancakes and power slams aftermath trivia question for the uh, We Are Wrestling uh, chat room. The original Midnight Express. As we go off the air, uh, go to We Are Wrestling dot net or w- wawnation.com, dot com revamped um, and answer that, or tweet at Crave Wrestling. The original Midnight Express. Enjoy Elimination Chamber. And we will see you next week. Until then, have a good week. God bless. Daddy loves Ian and Elijah. Good night. Bye-bye.
0: With the Lucky Lance slots you can get lucky just about anywhere.